Hey everybody, Nick Espinosa, your chief security fanatic here, and it is Sunday, so we are doing Breaches of the Week. And this week in Data Breaches was, like every other week, long and a lot of them. But, before we begin, as always, I want to thank the following people that sent me a lot of this information. That would be Jay Dance, Sander Sleidnerink, Jacqueline Wolf, and Salvatore Bruglio. Thank you very much, and please keep sending those tips my way. It really does help me out. And with that, we are going to start with LastPass. That's right, this is actually an update for LastPass, and it is not good. Security experts are now claiming that some of the LastPassword vaults stolen during that breach at the end of 2022 have now been cracked, and that basically is resulting in theft. And so that is really interesting. So security, uh, cybersecurity blogger Brian Krebs, big fan of Brian Krebs for the record, if you're a longtime listener, you know this, reported that several researchers have identified, quote, highly reliable sets of clues, end quote, that seemingly connect over 100 victims of cryptocurrency theft with the LastPass service. Now, collectively, over $35 million in cryptocurrency has been reported stolen so far, with between uh, two to five high-value asset uh, heists uh, occurring basically each month since December of 2022. In other words, uh, LastPass, which we know was securing password vaults with very weakened encryption, who also claimed that they were in the process of upgrading all those vaults, but take them for their word, I guess, on that one. These vaults got out. They were indeed cracked, and by virtue of that, nobody changed their passwords, apparently thinking, well, these vaults are encrypted, even though they were stolen. And so people were getting their cryptocurrency accounts logged into and money transferred out to the tune of $35 million. So if you were using LastPass and you were part of that breach and you have cryptocurrency or any financial account information, you've got to change all of those passwords. And honestly, just stop using LastPass. I did an entire video slash podcast slash radio show segment on that like forever ago at this point. So make sure you're changing. Moving on. Let's talk about Johnson & Johnson Healthcare Systems, also known as Janssen. And basically, Janssen has a product called CarePath. Well, you know where this is going because they just informed their CarePath customers that their sensitive information had been compromised in a third-party data breach involving IBM. Now, IBM is a technology service provider for Janssen specifically, and it manages the CarePath application and database for those patients. The investigation was concluded on August 2nd and showed that unauthorized users access the following information. We're talking full names, contact information, date of birth, health insurance information, medication information, and medical condition information as well. So heads up to you. If you use Johnson & Johnson's Janssen CarePath for all your CarePath needs. Moving on, let's talk about FreeCycle. This is an online forum dedicated to exchanging used items rather than trashing them. You got something old, instead of just chucking it in the garbage, why not go on FreeCycle and essentially exchange it for something else? Well, you might not want to this week because they just confirmed a massive data breach that affected more than all of their 7 million users. More than 7 million users. Now, the nonprofit says they discovered this breach on Wednesday, weeks after a threat actor had basically put the stolen data on a hacking forum on May 30th, warning affected people to switch passwords immediately. Stolen information includes usernames, uh, user IDs, email addresses, and MD5 hashed passwords. MD5 hashes, for the record, are incredibly weak and pretty easy to crack. No other information was exposed, according to FreeCycle, from screenshots shared by the attackers who are selling the stolen information. The credentials of FreeCycle founder and executive director, Darren Beal, were also stolen, obviously giving them very privileged access to this information. And there you go. You get the, you get the administrator password. You get access to everything. So heads up to you, FreeCycle users. Moving on. 
Let's talk about Dutch chipmaker NXP Semiconductors because they just alerted their customers that a data breach involved their personal information. Now, this was flagged by Troy Hunt of Have I Been Pwned fame who tweeted a copy of the email NXP sent to its customers. Those affected appear to be individuals with an online NXP account that gives them access to like the community and support and all those kinds of things. And the data we're talking about are full names, email addresses, postal uh, addresses as well, business phone numbers, mobile phone, company names, job titles and descriptions as well as communication preferences as well. NXP declined to elaborate on the nature of the breach and they wouldn't say uh, why they only just begun to uh, inform everybody because this took place apparently on July 11th and it was discovered on July 14th. <clears throat> We're a couple of months past that and here we are. Moving on, I'm talking about travel booking giant Sabre, or Sabre, I believe they also bought Dunder Mifflin recently as well. They said that they are investigating claims of a cyber attack after a tranche of files reportedly stolen from the company appeared on a dark web leak site. Now, the Dunghill Leak Group claimed responsibility for the cyber attack, listing them on their site with 1.3 terabytes of data claimed to have been stolen, including ticket sales, passenger turnover, employee personal data, and corporate financial uh, data as well. So if you use Sabre or Sabre for all your travel needs or you're just buying printers and paper, heads up to you. Moving on, we're going to do our mini segment entitled, If You Just Spent Money on Cybersecurity, You Wouldn't Be Paying a Whole Lot More Because You're Getting Sued. And first up is Tesla. That's right, the Elon Musk-owned car company. Now, they allegedly failed to protect the personal information of 75,000 current and former employees that was exposed in a May data breach, one I carried on this segment as well. And essentially, this is according to a proposed federal class action. Now, Benson Pye, the uh, plaintiff, alleged that Tesla failed to implement and or follow reasonable data security procedures as required by law and failed to protect the sensitive information of class members from unauthorized access. Those class members would be current and former employees of Tesla. Now, if you recall, Tesla learned of this breach in May when it was informed by the German language news service Handelsblatt that two former Tesla employees had provided it with information from Tesla's network, according to that complaint. I did a video on that information as well, including how a Essentially, Tesla was faking all of the uh, the the reviews, or or not necessarily. I shouldn't say faking; that would be the wrong word. But basically, obfuscating or not saying all of the issues that they were having with their automatic pilot, uh, you know, for the car, the self-driving car, was not nearly where they said it was. And here we are. But moving on, because Tesla's one of many, we're going to be talking about the University of Minnesota. Yes, uh, yeah, next because. A lawsuit filed on behalf of a former student and former employee at the university accuses the University of Minnesota for not doing enough to protect personal information. Now, attorneys for the two plaintiffs uh, basically said in a lawsuit filed in federal court on Friday that the university was, quote, fully capable of preventing the breach. Now, that's according to local reporting by Minneapolis Star Tribune. So heads up to you. If you go to the University of Minnesota, you may be caught up in this. Moving on, let's talk about the massive HCA healthcare because as of this past week, we are counting there are now 25 class action lawsuits against HCA for this data breach so far. We'll see what happens next week, but HCA has 25 class actions. That's obviously huge. They are one of the larger healthcare providers here in the United States. Obviously, that's going to be crazy. And this is a litigious week for healthcare because the next one is 
TMG Health. They apparently failed to protect more uh, the personal health information of more than 192,000 people that was exposed in a June data breach, according to a new federal class action. Tamara Herman, the plaintiff, alleged that TMG Health negligently failed to take adequate data security measures uh, to prevent unauthorized disclosure of data, or they didn't also... Uh, follow required protocols and policies regarding data encryption. They also apparently failed to meet standards for HIPAA as well, according to the complaint that was filed in the U.S. District Court in the Eastern District of Pennsylvania. So heads up to you, if you use TMG Health, you may be entitled to compensation. Moving on. We're going to be talking about CentroMed, or specifically El Centro del Barrio, DBA, CentroMed, in San Antonio, Texas. They're facing at least two class action lawsuits over a June of this year's cyber attack in which attackers gain the personal and protected health information of 350,000 patients. Now, the attack was detected on June 12th of this year. And the investigation confirmed that the first access occurred illegally on June 9th. The name, what we're talking about here are names, addresses, dates of birth, social security, financial uh, account information, medical record numbers, insurance plan numbers, ID, claims data, all that kind of stuff. The affected individuals were notified by mail on August 11th. Central Med patients, Jasmine Grace and Don Leal, the plaintiffs, have taken legal action against Central Med over the impermissible disclosure of their personal information and and alleged Central Med was negligent for failing to properly secure and safeguard their personally identifiable information, which is now in the hands of cyber criminals. So heads up to you if you use Central Med out of San Antonio. Moving on. Let's talk about CareCentrics. Again, this is a very litigious week for healthcare. They just agreed to a $6.3 million settlement to resolve their class action. They, their attack happened between August 1st of 2018 through March 30th of 2019 and is directly related to the American Medical Collection Agency, or AMCA, security incident. That was one of the huge data breaches a few years back, and by virtue of it, a lot of people got caught up in their supply chain. Now, the lawsuit alleged negligence etc etc and so they are paying 6.3 million which really underscores the fact of if you just paid for cybersecurity up front you wouldn't be paying 6.3 million now because i promise you securing your stuff was a lot cheaper and a lot less uh, risky to your reputation damage moving on let's talk about all well behavioral health because they just agreed to a $650,000 settlement, or rather they proposed this, to resolve a class action lawsuit that was filed on behalf of victims in March of 2022 that affected 29,972 patients. Now, this breach was detected on March 5th of 2022, and sensitive data was found to have been accessed by unauthorized individuals on March 3rd. We're talking about all the usual stuff you would think, name, social security number, treatment information, et cetera, et cetera. So heads up to you if you use All Well Behavioral Health for all your behavioral health needs. <laughs> Moving on, let's talk about the Indiana-based Shank Medical Center because they failed to protect the personal health information of almost 90,000 people in a September 2021 ransomware attack and data breach, according to their lawsuit, uh, and here we are. So the hospital, known as, uh, known formerly as Jackson County Schenck Memorial Hospital, failed to take adequate measures to basically protect the information. And following a December 2020 risk analysis, in other words, they knew uh, because they had this analysis, they just didn't do anything. And so the state of Indiana actually stepped in and is basically suing them for that. And so... Here we go. Heads up to you, <clears throat> Shank Medical Center or Jackson County Shank Memorial Hospital patients. And that is the end of the mini segment. Like I said, crazy, crazy week litigiously 
for healthcare. Moving on, more healthcare. Let's talk about Emerita and Pharmerica. So America, Emerita and its parent company, Pharmerica, have announced a data breach that exposed personal information. Now, they apparently learned of suspicious activity on their network, and somebody, a third party, accessed their systems between March 12th and 13th of this year, and certain personal information may have been obtained. They recently identified the data set involved in this, and we're talking names, addresses, certain patient information, such as medical history, diagnosis, medication, and health insurance information. They have no indication that this involves social security numbers or driver's license numbers, but heads up to you if you use Emerita by Pharmerica for all your Emerita and medical needs. Moving on. Let's talk about the National Student Clearinghouse, or NSC. This is a supply chain hit, and this is an update because we are still occasionally seeing people, or I should say entities, uh, essentially declare as a result of this. And this week was no different with Grand Valley State University. GVSU says that the NSC informed them that social security numbers, dates of birth, and transcript information were not exposed in this breach. So heads up to you. If you go to GVSU, Grand Valley State University, you might want to check in. Moving on. Let's talk about the Bienville uh, Orthopedic Specialists. On September 1st of this year, they filed a notice of data breach with the Attorney General of Maine after discovering an unauthorized party was able to access their network and take sensitive information. And we're talking names, social security, medical information, health insurance information, usernames, passwords, financial account information, and driver's license info. <clears throat> they have sent out breach notifications as well. So heads up to you, Bienville Orthopedic Specialists patients. Moving on. Let's talk about in-game trading marketplace known as Tradery. They disclosed that their users had their personal information compromised during a security incident. Now, basically, this is uh, for users of Accused Nukazon site, which basically uh, enables the sale and trading of Animal Crossing New Horizons in-game items, and those were also impacted by the data breach, according to Tradery. Now, while no further details regarding the number of affected individuals or types of compromised data were provided, a breach forum user's named Victim purported in a post about a month ago that the incident impacted up to 2.6 million users' data, including their email and IP address, as well as identifiers for Google, Apple, Roblox, and other online services. So if you play or are part of Accuse Nukazon's site for Animal Crossing New Horizons and you use Tradery, <coughs> heads up to you. Moving on. Let's talk about Vivendi's subsidiary known as C-Tickets or Vivenda Ticketing LLC C-Tickets, it was what they're called, filed a notice of data breach with the Attorney General of Maine after discovering that malicious actors installed malicious code within their website. Basically, in this notice, they explained that the incident resulted in unauthorized parties being able to gain access, such as uh, customer names, address, and payment card information. In other words, they got a credit card skimmer installed on their site. Never cool. See, tickets began sending out data breach notifications to all that were affected, and we are talking about 323,498 customers. Moving on, let's head on down under to the Victorian Pathology Clinic known as Tissue Path in Australia. Now, 10 years worth of pathology referral letters may have been exposed in a cybersecurity incident affecting the Victorian Pathology Clinic known as Tissue Path. Now, the government is aware of the data breach, 
as well as potential incidents affecting real estate firm Barry Plant and owners corporation management company Strata Plan, National Cybersecurity Coordinator, and this is according to National Cybersecurity Coordinator Darren Goldie, said in a statement. Now, TissuePath apologized to the affected patients and said it was investigating the potential exposure of the data uh, that basically included scan pathology request forms. So we're talking patient names, dates of birth, contact details, Medicare numbers, and private health insurance details as well. So heads up to you, those down under using Tissue Path. Moving on. Quick update on Move It because every single week we can't not have a Move It to breach disclosure. And this week we've got two for you. First one is Sovos Compliance for 215,000 individuals. And the second one is Planet Home Lending for an undisclosed amount. So heads up to you if you use Sovos Compliance or Planet Home Lending. They were using Move It and clearly they shouldn't have. Moving on. I'm going to give you an update, interestingly enough, and I've spoken about this on Breaches of the Week, on the 2020 election security breach trial for Tina Peters out of Colorado. Now, again, if you are a longtime listener, uh, you know, or, or follower or whatever to this uh, to this show, you know that I don't get political. And if I do, it's pure analyzation. So I don't care what you think of the 2020 election. Here are the facts on the ground as an update for that. Now, if you recall, this all stems from a security breach around the election system software uh, update in 2021 when sensitive data was copied and system passwords were photographed and posted online. Now, Peters allegedly brought uh, brought election conspiracy theorist Conan Hayes to basically the update, but misrepresented him as a man named Gerald Wood. Tina Peters' trial for her involvement in this election security breach is set for February, nearly a year after it was originally supposed to happen. Two of Peter's former clerks, Sandra Brown and uh, Belinda Kinsley, or Neesley, uh, pleaded guilty to similar charges and agreed to testify against Peter's, I'm assuming for some kind of reduced sentence. And for the record too, if you're also a longtime listener and follower, you know that I watched all of Mike Lindell's Cyber Symposium and all of that. Tina Peters was there. They actually had a copy of uh, the voting system that they were going to go through and then stopped and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so by virtue of that, that was when her warrant was arrested. I watched that whole thing. And for the record, I saw nothing that would hold up to a chain of custody, uh, you know, evidentiary hearing uh, or could be presented in court there. There was nothing but demonstrations. And again, a demonstration doesn't mean something was breached. So heads up to you. Again, facts on the ground. <laughs> Moving on, let's talk about Avera Imaging in South Dakota. Now, they sent out a news release confirming that their imaging firm, DMS Health Technologies, experienced a data security event. I don't have much more information than that. But they're acknowledging this, and I'll keep you up to date if something big happens. Moving on, let's head back down under to Australia and talk about Defense Housing Australia, because an investigation by the DHA is currently underway after it uh, notified that one of its third-party service providers had been hit by a cyber attack. The organization, which provides housing and accommodation for military personnel and their families on and off base, has stressed that while there has been no impact or breach of DHA or defense IT ICT systems, an investigation determined if any data belonging to Defense Force members and their families had been compromised. Quote, DHA has notified the Australian Cybersecurity Center, the Department of Home Affairs, Cybersecurity Response Unit, and the Office of the Australian Information Commissioner in their notice. That's what they said in their notice. So heads up to you if you're in the Australian military and uh, you're getting housing through DHA, and I assume you are. Moving on. 
Let's talk about telecommunications company LGU Plus because South Korea's Personal Information Protection Commission just issued uh, an 8 billion won, which is about $6 million US fine to the telecommunication companies LGU Plus following a data breach of nearly uh, 300,000 records containing personal information, presumably of South Koreans. Now, additionally, LGU Plus received a 20 million won fine. That's about $20,000 US administrative fine after... Uh, uh, its customer authentication system was breached by an attacker in June of uh, 2018, but it was not discovered until January of the next year. So six months plus of essentially somebody in their systems. Not good, LGU+. South Korea clearly isn't happy with you. Moving on. Let's talk about EMS management and consultants. This is actually an update as well. Supply chain breach in the healthcare system that occasionally has de declarations, and this year is no or this week is no different. Bedford County Fire and Rescue in Virginia had to declare because they were using EMS management and consultants for basically their database supply needs. Moving on. Let's talk about Lifeline Systems Company because on September 7th of this year, they filed notice of data breach with the Attorney General of Maine after discovering that an unauthorized person accessed documents containing confidential data to their network. In this notice, Lifeline explained that the incident resulted in an unauthorized party being able to gain access to consumer-sensitive information such as names, social security, driver's license, and state IDs. They have begun sending out notices as well to those affected, which is about 74,000 individuals. Moving on, let's talk about Lion Real Estate because on August 6th, they uh, they discovered or declared a breach with the Attorney General in the state of California after discovering an unauthorized party was able to gain access to the company's computer network through a vulnerability in a vendor application program. We do not know what that is. Could it be Move It? Could it be something else? You tell me. Now, in this notice... They explained that sensitive information was being able to be accessed, but they did not list out what that is. And I do not know how many are affected, but they've sent breach notification letters as well. Moving on, let's talk about the University of Sydney going back down to Australia. And it's again, it's a medical week and apparently it's an Aussie week as well because they revealed a supply chain related data breach in which the personal information and inter of international students and applicants was accessed. Now, the data breach announcement posted to the uh, university website last week sought to downplay the seriousness of this event. It claimed that only a quote-unquote limited number of international staff and students were impacted and that immediate steps were taken to secure this. We don't have much more. Is it move it? Is it something else? Who knows? But heads up to you if you're a foreigner to Australia at the University of Sydney. Moving on, let's head on over to the United Kingdom and talk about Lend Invest because they concluded their investigation into their customer data breach that they announced on August 25th and found that their systems or networks are now secure, according to a post by them this past Friday. A non-bank mortgage lender said that the investigation showed no personal information is at risk. Hopefully they are correct, but heads up if you use Lend, uh, Lend Invest out of the United Kingdom. Moving on, let's head on down to Hong Kong and talk about their tech hub, Cyberport, because they alerted police and Hong Kong's privacy watchdog about a cybersecurity breach with a ransomware group allegedly claiming that they had access to more than 400 gigabytes of their data and want $300,000 US to return it. Now, the data apparently includes bank account information and soft copies of ID cards was also being offered to other parties 
who could bid for access with a reserve price set at 300,000 and that is according to those that are monitoring that so heads up heads up to you if you have anything to do with cyberport out of Hong Kong. Moving on to India, we're going to be talking about the Ministry of Ayush in Jharkhand. Uh, an official website was breached, which had exposed over 320,000 patient records on the dark web. And that's a new report as of this Monday or so. Now, according to uh, Indian cybersecurity company Cloud SEK, the website's database, amounting to 7.3 megabytes, which is not a lot, holds patient records that include personally identifiable information and medical diagnosis. That might have been gigabytes for the record, or even terabytes, I have no idea, but 320,000 and 7.3 meg is kind of low. Now, the compromised data also contains sensitive information about doctors, including their personal identifiable information, login credentials, usernames, passwords, so that's great, phone numbers, and more. So heads up to you if you have anything to do with the Ministry of Ayush in Jharkhand in India. Moving on. This is interesting and kind of amusing at the same time. This company is undisclosed, but they make what they call a smart chastity cage. If you know what a chastity belt is, I think you're I think you could probably figure out what a cage is. Now the company that makes this male chastity device uh, that can be controlled by that individual's partner over the internet, exposed email addresses, plain text passwords, home addresses and IP addresses, and in some case, GPS coordinates due to several flaws in their servers, according to the security researcher who discovered this. Now, this researcher who asked to remain anonymous because he wanted to separate his professional life from, well, the adult fun, apparently, that, that he has on the side, said that he gained access to that database containing the records of more than 10,000 people, obviously, or users that have one of these devices, thanks to two separate vulnerabilities. The researcher said he exploited the bugs to see what data he could get access to. He also reached out to the company on June 17th to alert them of these issues in an attempt to get them to fix the vulnerabilities and protect users' data, according to a screenshot of the email that he sent and shared with TechCrunch, the publication that is reporting this. Now, as of that publication by TechCrunch, the company had yet to fix the vulnerabilities and did not respond to repeated requests for comment from TechCrunch. If that got out and that uh, that chastity cage maker had all their data essentially extorted against them, that would be a massive black eye because, again, you're talking about very private, you know, adult things that, you know, people do. And so here we are. But I, I did find that amusing. So if you've got one of those, you might want to check in or maybe just change your name and information in their database. I'm not sure. And finally... And this is our final one. Uh, we're going to go back to the United Kingdom and talk about their Ministry of Defense. That's right. This is an interesting one because Russian-aligned threat actors, they're known as Lockbit, have reportedly hit the UK Ministries of Defense, or MOD, and leaked stolen information on military and intelligence sites online. Now, the attackers targeted the base of Zuan. That is a firm which handles physical security for some of Britain's most secretive locations, including a nuclear submarine base, a chemical weapons lab, and a GCHQ listening post. And this is according to UK publication The Mirror. They released thousands of pages of data, which uh, could include highly sensitive national security secrets and details with information about high security prisons also stolen in the raid by Lockbit. That's crazy. Now, the breach occurred uh, through a basically a Windows 7 computer that was running software for one of the firm's manufacturing machines. Lockbit will have the basically potentially gain access to historical emails, 
orders, drawings, and project files, according to the statement, though Zuan, quote, does believe that any classified documents were stored on the system, end quote, or have been compromised. So we're going to see, but the UK National Cybersecurity Center, the NCSC, and the Information Commissioner's Office of the UK ICO have been contacted about this attack. The attack appears to be somewhat out of form for Lockbit as well because, you know, they are incredibly active. I've actually had to deal with them, you know, on behalf of clients that have been hit. You know, like the number one call we get is, oh, my God, help. I've never worked with you, but the world is burning down. And sometimes it's Lockbit, uh, you know, but they commonly avoid targeting sensitive organizations because obviously it brings scrutiny and all of that. Uh, you know, it's the same with our evil and their, their affiliate dark side that hit Colonial Pipeline. That's a major critical infrastructure thing in the United States that brings down a lot of international attention not just in the media but also with law enforcement and so we'll see what happens but lockbit uh, may have some issues or maybe they've got an affiliate if they're doing ransomware as a service on this one uh you know and they're going to have to backtrack a little bit but obviously that's a huge thing when you're talking about a lot of the deeply sensitive um you know deeply sensitive uh, materials and information regarding um you know one of the one of the largest and most capable militaries on the planet so <laughs> heads up to you uh those in the united kingdom your uh, ministry of defense is not having a good week and so those were your breaches of the week it was just an absolute absolute crazy crazy time and so hopefully you weren't affected and i'll definitely see you next time and please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP. And please feel free to subscribe to me at YouTube as well. And as always, stay safe, stay online, and please attempt to stay private. Thanks, everybody.